At some point in my adolescence, some time after my great-grandfather, who was very dear to me, some time after he passed away, I finally declared that I was too old to wear costumes and go trick-or-treating. And I've often wondered about why I kept trick-or-treating for so long. It wasn't the candy. I liked candy, but I have always been very picky and selective about my candy. It had to be certain candy, and that wasn't the fare that people would hand out door-to-door with the extra chewy bubble gum that fought to chew. So that wasn't it. And I liked saying hi to my neighbors. But on Halloween night, there's hardly any time to say hello. You say trick-or-treat, and then you're off. So why did I hold on to trick-or-treating for a little extra long? I think it had something to do with the costumes. With what happens in a costume. That space of imagining and remembering, even remembering an imaginary connection. What is there in donning a costume? It's more than play. Think about a costume that you've worn in the past, whether it was for Halloween or some other event and you dressed up a little extra and it felt like a costume. What happens? What did you feel? Do you remember imagining what it must feel like to be this person? What it might be like to be this creature? And right there, in that imagining, you are exploring some part of yourself, not necessarily changing who you are, but exploring how you are like another or not. And in that imagining, you know some side of yourself, some depth of your being that you hadn't quite touched before. Whether you are that scary thing just a little or whether you are not. So there, in putting on a costume, we expand some aspect of ourselves or our self-understanding. But we also imagine what it is like to be some other. By that imagining, we create a sense of belonging to someone or some creature that is different from us. We create some connection, some capacity for empathy. Capacity for empathy is the capacity for someone else's experience, someone else's pain and joy to belong to you, to see someone's pain and to feel it in some way. It's a way of creating belonging. Whereas costumes represent some expansion of belonging, reaching out to see what is that like? How can I relate to that? Memories of loved ones and distant ancestors are a creative act of belonging 
that you already have within you, of unearthing what you already belong to and creatively choosing what you belong to in that. The work of remembering those who have parted is hard work. It's emotionally draining work because you are connecting to so much of yourself in the memory. But it is finding what it is like, remembering what it was like to be with the person, imagining what it would be like to be with the person if they're distant from you in time. What part of them, you find, is still in you when you take time to remember? What part of that person is still in you? And what does that ongoing connection mean? Remembrance, finding the meaning in our connection to loved ones, means finding where that person and their legacy lives on today. Remembering creates belonging for our loved ones and belonging for our ancestors. It is a way of understanding who we are as we move forward. This is creativity. And when we look at a distant ancestor who we may recall today because of the date, October 27th, or he may be so distant that you aren't even aware of him. But let's look at the creativity in remembering Michael Servetus. On October 27, 1553, he died by fire at the stake. He is often remembered as a Unitarian forebearer, but he is better and more accurately known as an unorthodox Trinitarian Christian. Trinitarian means believing in the Trinity, God, the Holy Ghost, and the Son of God. He wasn't an anti-Trinitarian. He just had a, a really specific view about Jesus, a difference from the Catholic Church on the Trinity. He believed in the oneness of God, which meant the divinity of God and Jesus not being separate and human. Well, for this and for his disagreement with infant baptism, because infants cannot choose God, he died, was burned at the stake. But what our faith does in remembering him as a forebearer is the creative act. Does it mean that we are anti-Trinitarian in that specific Catholic sense? No. He is not our forebearer because he didn't believe in that Trinity or because he didn't believe in infant baptism. He is our forebearer because of a direct line of thinking about using reason to integrate your beliefs, about using reason to inform your religious action. And that is why we draw on Michael Servetus. And it tells us as much about him as it does about who we are. Our relationship to Michael Servetus, who died in 1553, tells us who we are. So when we remember him, it is to say that we are a faith that respects the thoughtful application of reason to determining not only our belief, but the use of reason to determine how we live out our faith.
It's where his legacy lives today. And so in this season where we remember ancestors, where the ancient Celts believed there was a power in the time of year when the veil between the worlds was thinnest, when many people with different practices of faith at this time of year are remembering and imagining donning costumes to go trick-or-treating, taking time before the holidays to prepare ourselves to remember lost loved ones with family. Whether we call it Samhain or Dia de los Muertos or Halloween or All Souls Day, let us take this opportunity to expand our deepest belonging, our connections. Imagine what it is like to be someone else. Remember what it was like to be with someone dear. Explore how our identities are like one another and different. Create belonging for those we do not know and for those who have passed away in our lives. Recall the memories that will help us become who we are meant to be. As this earth cycles continue to turn and the cycle of life continues to unfold, may we be fulfilled by our past, whole in our imagination and inspired by our futures. Blessed be and amen.